to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Into Talk FX, we are excited to continue episode three of our series, Fragile X Diagnosis Stories. Um, today, we're joined with Katie, mom of her son, Quentin, who has Fragile X Syndrome. We are so grateful for her willingness to share Quentin's diagnosis story with us, as we know it's not an easy story to always share, but we know it can impact and encourage the Fragile X community in a big way. So thanks so much for being here, Katie. Yeah, thank you, Nicole, for putting this on. I'm super excited to you know share our journey so far, what we've uh, gone through. Yeah, awesome. Just take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. So um, Quentin was actually diagnosed at about 16 months. Um, however, that wasn't the first time that I had heard about Fragile X. Um, I actually learned about Fragile X when I was pregnant with Quentin. Um, so a little background about our family. I have uh, two sisters and myself who are pre-mutation carriers, um, and later we learned that it stems from our dad's side of the family. So uh, while I was pregnant with Quentin, I had a two-year-old nephew uh, who was diagnosed with Fragile X. So, um, and it was actually myself and my younger sister who were both pregnant with boys, and we found this information out. So uh, I kind of went the route of not getting any testing done and, you know, focused on the 50-50 chance of passing on um, my pre-mutated gene to Quentin. And I really wanted to just enjoy, you know, being a mom for the first time, watching Quentin grow. And uh, I was kind of aware of signs to look for because of my nephew. Um, so we just went from there. That's what I decided to do. And looking back on it, I would make the same decision. Um, Quentin, you know, reached all of his milestones pretty close on time. He was sitting, crawling, rolling over. Uh, it wasn't until he was about a year, you know, I noticed some signs that he wasn't pointing. Um, he was still mouthing a lot of toys and things that, you know, you kind of grow out of putting in your mouth. Uh, he wasn't really playing with toys that were the way that they were intended to be played with. He was banging a lot of things, shaking things. Um, and then about 14 months is when he started walking and his gait was off, which was also similar with my nephew. So his feet kind of turned outwards and he was pretty wobbly. He fell a lot. Um, so I did discuss it over with the pediatrician. She was aware of our family history of Fragile X. And I had followed in my sister's footsteps, you know, asked for a referral to the neurologist. And um, she went ahead and got that started. And then she also ordered early intervention for us. So we went and met with the neurologist, the neurologist who uh, was the same neurologist who saw my nephew um, said, okay, let's just, you know, test for Fragile X. And if it's not that, we'll, we'll go from there. And blood work did come back showing that he has full mutation. Um, and then she, you know, set us up with going to the geneticist as well as um, proceeding with early intervention. And uh, that was kind of how how that all started. And, um, I'm fortunate enough that 
my sister was the one to kind of break the news to our family. And I can only imagine, you know, how she felt telling her two pregnant sisters, like, hey, this is a genetic mutation. And right. you guys have, like, you can you can pass this on to your kids. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I was fortunate enough uh, to not have to break that to our family. Um, and And I was able to follow the lead that my sister gave me on, you know, what I need to do, how do I need to proceed with all this. So she's been like my huge support system, her and her husband. That's so great. Yeah. And I think we actually have sort of similar stories. So as you're, as you're sharing your story, I'm like, wait, (laughs) 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 Um, you know, because my, my aunt was the one that kind of had to uh, break the news to that side of the family. And so it's definitely not a, a easy task. And, um, you know, just having to do my part as, as like you were saying, you know, getting tested and, and just kind of seeing is not easy either. Um, right, right. It's, it's you know, no matter that... how prepared you are for a diagnosis, it, it still stings once you get it. And, oh, oh, right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's just, um, I went into my uh, diag- uh, appointment to get uh, my uh, genetic testing done. And I really just, I kind of knew that I was probably going to be a carrier because my sister's test got uh, negative. And so I was like, well, if I know anything about genetics, <laughs> and right, I don't right. have any other siblings if I, <laughs> that I know of, um, <laughs> then I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. So even though I knew all of that information, still finding out the results is, is definitely not easy because it just kind of makes it real. And uh, it just kind of confirms all of your suspicions. So yeah, that's, that's definitely true. It does still, still sting and it can still shock you no matter what you know. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, just tell us more about Quentin and just uh, how you, you know, continue to notice um, all the differences in his milestones and, and things like that. Oh yeah. He's my favorite topic to talk about so he is adorable um, <laughs> yeah so as a baby he was he was a great baby he was easy um he was super social uh he was always happy he was flirty with I mean he drew women's attention he was so <laughs> drawn to women and he would hold their attention and it was like you know an ongoing joke in our family that uh, he can't, yeah, he can't have fragile X because he look at how great he is and so personable and, and all this stuff. So uh, he was, he was such a joy to, to watch grow and, and still is. So uh, sleeping patterns. I mean, we slept a lot during the day. He, he's definitely a night owl. We, you know, <laughs> party kid. <laughs> um, so then, you know, once the, the milestones started popping up that he wasn't meeting, you know, we'd go to, there's a lot of kids in our family. So we have uh, uh, one nephew with fragile X, then Quentin, and then I have three other nephews uh, who are not affected. Uh, and we, uh, we also have uh, two nieces. So there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, we would be going to birthday parties and seeing other kids around his age and, and you can't help but compare you know, what, what they're doing. So you see kids that are younger than him that are pointing things out that are, are doing some things that's like, oh, Quentin's not really there yet. And maybe he's just 
a little slow. Maybe, you know, um, he just needs to work on these things. Maybe I need to do more as a parent uh, to, to help him out. But eventually it was like, okay, we need to get testing. We got the testing done. Uh, we got early intervention coming in, which was amazing. And the therapist, you know, going into it, it's really, you see everything on paper, what he's not doing, what he isn't doing. And then you get these therapists coming in and you feel prepared. I felt so prepared to tell them all the things that he wasn't eating. And then they hit me with the, what do you, what do you love about Quentin? And I'm like, oh, wait, I wasn't ready to, to tell you those things. Yeah, I was ready to jump in and, and say what he's not doing. So um, right. that really opened up my eyes. Like, you know, I, he's going to surprise me. I got to, you know, really focus on, on him as my, my kid, not the paperwork, not the diagnosis. So absolutely. Yeah. That changed my thinking um, really quickly. Like, wow, <laughs> I need to, to not let this affect me as a parent, but, you know, move forward and doing everything that I can for him, but still realize that he's going to, he's going to take the lead no matter what. Absolutely. I, I love, um, your, your perspective on it and it's definitely not always an easy, uh, place to come to terms with, you know, some, uh, parents, it takes them a little while to really just kind of do exactly what you're doing and just saying, you know, this, this kid's going to surprise me. You know, I just got to, I just got to support him, do what I'm supposed to, to, you know, encourage him and, and help him to, you know, develop to the best of his abilities instead of just, you know, kind of, uh, like you said, you were so prepared to tell uh, the the uh, doctors about the things that he's, you know, not doing yet. But yet he, they were like, well, what's he, what do you love about him? What's he doing great with, you know? And, and that's such a great way to go about it because kids with uh, fragile X are incredible. You know, my cousin has the full mutation and he is just a joy. He's so smart. And he is just, he has the most impeccable memory of anyone I've ever known. It actually makes me quite jealous. Because um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can stand to remember things way better. But um, he also is just, you know, just like Quentin, he's the life of the party. You know, he just um, exudes so much selflessness and the desire to help others all those things are huge traits in individuals with fragile x they want to uh, make you laugh and be joyful and um, so many things and i just think that that's a huge thing that uh, really opens people's eyes to fragile x uh, and they kind of just start to see it for what it is than for what it's not and um, what I mean by that is, you know, it, it kind of takes the comparison away um, because I feel like they have so many strengths that we don't have, you know, and um, it only just inspires us to be better, to be better as parents, to just be better as just individuals in general. And so um, I just absolutely have so much respect for the way that um, you are choosing to go about it with with Quentin it's it's just very admirable yes he's he definitely changed my perspective a lot changed my attitude a lot um I do try to you know stay positive with him because it's it, it can be you know really dwelling you know thinking about the future and thinking about things that we don't know but he's really changed my perspective on just taking things day to day and whatever I can do to help him to encourage him like 
that's really changed my mindset. Uh, he wakes up happy and just excited for the day every day. <laughs> and it's so infectious. Like I have to be happy with him. Like I can't draw him down out of, you know, being happy and excited for today. Like yeah, what kind of person would that make me? So I'm, you know, it's infectious. I wake up happy and excited with him and, and, you know, we, uh, we definitely have our struggles. We have our battles. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone does. But if you go about it and, and looking on how you can change your mindset on things, you know, giving him the positive reinforcement, even if it's something that he's doing, that's driving me crazy. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I have to step back and I have to think, uh, you know, of ways that I can present this to him and we can change, you know, something that's that I, I don't want him to do, but it's, it's just a totally different outlook. Uh, and he's given that to me and I'm so grateful for that. Absolutely. It, yeah. It, it can be very hard, you know, to get out of that, um, the first stage of the diagnosis when you get it and, and you can, you, you know, you're looking and you're researching and you're seeing all these things on paper and things don't have, they have a bleak kind of outlook to them, but, uh, they don't always have to be that way and they will show you their your fragile X kids will show you that it's not a bleak outlook and and they're going to exceed your expectations for sure oh for sure and you know um i've been a nanny for six years and i've nannied for typically developing kids and i've nannied for autistic kids and one of the things that i have really learned from it that you kind of uh touched on is that um, they will surprise you no matter uh, what their development is. Um, you, you could say the same thing about typically developing kids. They they may show strengths that you didn't know that they had. Same mm-hmm. with fragile X. They'll mm-hmm. show strengths that you didn't know that they were capable of. And I see that, you know, all the time in, in my cousin. Uh, he does so much that just just shocks me and and makes me want to be a better person and you know he also wakes up in the morning as happy as ever and the thing is though he wakes up at 5 30 every morning and he expects everybody else to be up so I'm still kind of working on that so if you have any tips I would deeply appreciate it (laughs) so yeah we're in the same boat just last night Quentin was up from two to four um, just happy, just wanting to play, and it was go to bed, go to bed, please go to bed. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but definitely almost... creative thinking—they they really get you thinking outside of the box. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you know, and they really just—they uh, test your joy. You know, how much joy have I had today? Right. How much positivity have I had today? And I don't know. It's just like they could say that they've. Uh, they've exuded so much of that every day. And then I have to think, Hmm, how much have I really had today? Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I would love to just talk on like the, um, uh, support that Quentin has been receiving as far as, you know, any therapies that, um, he's been receiving that you think have really impacted his development in a huge way. And, um, just how you have chosen to to go about um, that, you know, type of support. And then also, um, when you received your diagnosis, was 
was there any, um, you know, type of support that you found really helpful, whether that was at one of the Fragile X community Facebook groups or, you know, did you go that route or what, what did those two things look like for you? Oh, yeah. So, um, so the, the first type of therapies that we got for Quentin was early intervention. Um, so we had a child developmental specialist that came out um, two days a week uh, for an hour and she just kind of, you know, did the whole broad spectrum um, get him to use fine motor skills, gross motor skills, um, eye contact, focusing. Uh, Quentin is also pretty ADHD, so he's very hyperactive. He, his focus is null. <laughs> it's very minimal, if any at all. Uh, uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we also met with a physical therapist and a speech therapist, um, and they were great. All of them were great, and, and I will say, you know, they were there for me as well. As much as I looked at it like this is you know, for Quentin, this is for Quentin, the last few visits that we had, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, what am I going to do without these women that have been my support system? They were huge. And, uh, and what I was, I bounced off ideas off of them, problems that we'd come across, like behavioral issues, and everything that I noticed was challenging for myself, as well as for Quentin, I, I asked them about, and, and, you know, they would come up with plans, they would come up, you know, let's try this. And if that didn't work, let's try something else. So, they were definitely a huge support system in the beginning. Um, my sister, I always turned to my sister, um, anything I could pick her brain on, you know, because my nephew is two years older than, than my son. So it was, you know, they've gone through this and they've got a little bit more knowledge um, as to where to go from there. So they were helpful. Uh, as far as... Um, network, so social networking, uh, Facebook, Facebook group I did join right away um, as advised by my sister and I would post every so often you know questions and there was so many moms on there parents on there and um, that you know were ready to give me advice uh, when I did get the diagnosis from the neurologist there was one other family that was living in the area and um, they have since moved but they were very very uh, supportive and they were advocates you know of, with Fragile X and, and they gave a they met with my sister first because that's who they kind of linked up with and she my sister learned a lot from that family um, of what she can do what you know where to go from you know getting the diagnosis you you do you feel lost uh, kind of no one is aware of what Fragile X is there's not very many of us around Right. Um, our area specifically, but, you know, from your other podcast, I, I similarities, you know, people, you, you do, you feel lost. Like, where is everybody? So um, definitely turned to Facebook, but I wasn't really, you know, on Facebook too much. So um, I started Quentin's page on Instagram, and that was really so that I could reach out to other people with Fragile X um, syndrome who've been affected by it and, and bounce ideas off moms and you know, we, we do, we need that support for each other. And that uh, I don't have to explain every little thing. They already kind of know what I'm talking about. So that was one right. reason why I started Quentin's Instagram page uh, was to get, you know, other people's support and opinions and, you know, help me. And, and for me too, you know, like if you, if I have an idea and I can help you, I, that makes me feel wonderful too. That makes me feel like we are a community. 
So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And a place to, to brag about my kid that my yes. other friends on Instagram aren't really going to know <laughs> like what our small little victories are huge victories to us. So yeah, that was a big, big thing that I wanted to do with Quentin's Instagram. And it's amazing. I, you know, we found you, you found me like yes. that was exactly what I wanted to happen. So I'm very happy with that outcome. <laughs> And I am very grateful for that uh, video <laughs> that you sent of him just scarfing down those mashed potatoes. Oh, like, yes. oh those look so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely uh, an issue that we do not have a problem with, with eating. Quentin has um, a very healthy appetite. That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes too healthy. Yeah, he does get to the point of overstuffing or you know, overeating. So it's something that, that we are working with a pediatrician on, on, on watching and monitoring, but I am grateful that he is a foodie. <laughs> oh yeah. My cousin is too. And he has the same thing. It's, it's a sensory thing for them. And, yes, yeah, and definitely. you know, it's, it's like, you don't really discourage it necessarily, but you don't want them to, to, you know, choke or, um, right, right. And, you know, it, all I have to do when I'm with my cousin is I just remind him, hey, no stuffing, and then he won't stuff. And um, we just keep it very positive. And it's all about that positive reinforcement. So, um, and that's a very common thing in, in individuals with fragile X is that sensory with their mouths and what they eat. But, but, you know, there's a huge positive side to it. They are not very picky about food (laughs) (laughs) right right, yeah so that's Uh, super helpful (laughs) yeah he definitely does have that the oral sensory sensitivities to things um that was one of our huge obstacles was him you know putting his hands in his mouth getting to the point where he would gag himself and and physically vomit and it would it was daily so and it would be you know multiple times a day and that was a struggle like in itself you know we're he's anxious or something. So his hands directly go right into his mouth. And, you know, it could be something we're trying to leave for the day. I'm trying to get out the door and he just upchecks all over himself. I'm like, oh no. So then it's more, it would get chaotic. Um, But that was definitely um, behavioral therapy. So once we got started with behavioral therapy, that was a huge issue that I presented that, you know, let's get that um, under control. And um, with that therapy and, and with, you know, me implementing it when the therapists aren't there, it was, we pretty much um, eliminated the behavior. Like he still does it to some degree because it is self-soothing. Um, right. But as far as throwing up, it's, it's really not there anymore, which is great. It's amazing. So behavioral so therapy, awesome. I'm, I'm above the wall on, on behavioral therapy, like definitely try for it, get it going. I, it is hard to, to balance, you know, your own life and how much demanding therapies can be, mm-hmm. but it's, it is, it's beneficial to them. And that just proved it right there to me that this is what he needs. And this is what he, I will work on to, to make sure he gets it. Right. Well, thank you so much for just sharing that and just being an example of, you know, a mom who just uh, figures out, you know, what, what, Quentin needs and um, providing that for him and knowing that, you know, behavioral therapy really works for him. And that's so awesome. And also just uh, going and joining those Facebook book, Facebook groups is huge because um, there are so many families that have all these different experiences and, 
And why not share those experiences with other Fragile X families, you know, and make them useful and, and encouraging and, and um, supportive for other families. And it's just such a cool opportunity and a cool resource. And, and I've definitely um, found that lots of Fragile X families do definitely um, go for that. And, um, you know, just no one knows your experiences quite like other Fragile X families. Exactly. Yes. Um, that yeah. is. You're huge. not alone. <laughs> no. Not alone. No. Even though fragile X is considered a rare disease, and you know, 1.5 million people have the premutation and full mutation um, carrier status, it doesn't mean that they're not there, and that's been a huge thing. And then, you know, on the side of things with the diagnosis, I don't know if you listened to our most recent. Um, episode, I think before this one um, that we're currently doing is that this mom said something that really has stuck with me. She said, you know, focus on the first six months. Don't think about their adulthood. Don't think about their teenage years yet. Just focus on the next six months ahead at a time. And I really found a lot of value in that. And I just wanted to share that because I think it's applicable for Quentin and how young he is. And just focusing on, you know, not so far ahead, but just focusing on helping him where he's at now. Um, and I think that that's important for families to uh, to really, you know, think about and remember for sure. So, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking with my sister and I said, you know, this is probably going to be a lifelong acceptance. You know, we're going to get to the point we've accepted the diagnoses we've accepted. And, you know, these are the the tools that can help him now but it's going to change things are going to change and it's going to be lifelong acceptance of what's to come so you know puberty hits oh new challenges potty training new challenges um and it's just you just kind of have to accept it and, and do what you can for them and and that's what's going to make you like the best parent if you just look and see okay this is the struggles and what can i do to make this better for them Absolutely. I fullheartedly um, agree with that. And um, I just thank you so much, Katie, for just sharing all that you have and being so willing to. I know it's just not always very easy to talk about, um, you know, our, your diagnosis stories. They're, they're personal. They're, they're um, you know, they can be sensitive parts. And, and I just thank you because you're definitely going to impact a lot of families with your story and there's so many out there that have young children with Fragile X that they're still navigating, you know, how to receive support and resources. And um, I just know that you're going to be a huge light, not only with your with your attitude towards it and your perspective, but just the way that you've gone about uh, finding your resources and just having a family, too, that really supports you is huge because not everybody has that, including myself, unfortunately. I have family members that choose not to really uh, uh, acknowledge that Fragile X is in our family, and, and it is uh, tough, but um, I just think it's so cool how much support you have, not only for yourself, but for, for Quentin as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is a struggle, you know, there's, you know, there's times where I've cried, and, and, yeah, there's a, there is a dark side to Fragile X, especially once you get your first diagnosis, and it, it really is how you, you know, internalize it, and then, and then give it to, 
to your child, you know, how you can bring it about for them. Um, I, I really am lucky enough that our family does support, you know, everything that's going on. I'm lucky enough that I didn't have to be the first one in our family to announce it. Right. Um, and, you know, I give 100% credit to my sister and her husband for, for taking on that, that role and kind of paving it for me as well. So now that there's two of us in our family, we can kind of bring everyone around to, you know, these are our kids and you got to, you have to accept them. They're, they're part of your family and, and we need you guys to help us out here. So I'm not the only one that's doing it. And I think that's really impacted um, our family because they do, they, they love our kids and, and they're great and they have their own personalities and things like that. And they're very different, which is, which is both a blessing and a curse in Fragile X is that <laughs> yes. no, not, no two are the same. So there's some things that work for my nephew and then there's um, things that he does that would not work for, for Quentin and, <laughs> and it's right. kind of just finding that that middle ground and I think that's what is what is hard for everyone is that it's not just something that you can pinpoint you know that this is what they're going to need this is how it's going to look and you don't know what a spectrum disorder is until you're in it <laughs> right exactly um you know it's all about you know you don't really know how something feels until you actually experience it yourself most of the time um, just like Fragile X, I think it's important for people to be aware of what it is and know how it affects uh, families and, and every, all the genetic aspects of it and everything. But um, someone who's not, you know, uh, directly impacted by Fragile X isn't going to necessarily know how you feel. And so that's why um, the support is so necessary from family and from other Fragile X families, for sure. Right. So thank you so much, Katie, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And Quentin is just, oh, he is so adorable. <laughs> you have it in for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> but thank you, Nicole. This was so great. I'm, I'm so happy to send you, uh, you guys on Instagram, what you're doing. I'm, I'm so happy that you're out here doing this for, for our fragile kids and for, you know, parents as well. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to FX. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TalkFragileX to keep up to date on the latest episodes. You can listen to TalkFragileX on the major podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Mm-hmm.